This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Hey, hi, ho, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning, wherever you are. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. We so appreciate the support you keep giving us and the good things we keep talking about, bringing in people to chat up stories, share with you a little bit from the heart and what they got going on. I got a couple of folks with me today. Very excited to get here. You know how much I am so grateful and appreciative of the next generations that are coming up. Folks are kicking in doors a different way than old dinosaurs like me and others have done. These two exemplify that. I am thrilled to have them here. Please welcome. Please welcome. Get out, park your car, start clapping your hands, do your ride, do it right for everybody. Please welcome the co-founders of Fruit World, Bianca and CJ, in the house. Welcome. Hey, guys. Everyone, Thank everyone. you. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having to, us, Tom. Thanks for having absolutely, us, Tom. Oh, totally my pleasure. I'm stoked you guys are here. I was, I'm, I'm excited about what you guys are doing. I'm excited to watch your trajectory. I pay attention to you guys that's out there. Um, I just think it's neat. I, 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 just, I just love to see what's going to come next for this business and for this world. And when I see, guys, you know, I see you guys out there doing what you're doing, it's like, all right, we're in good hands there. I like that. That's a good play. I'm <laughs> good. happy. Hey. So we're going to talk all you. about you guys. Yeah, totally, dude. We're going to talk all about what you guys are doing and, and what you guys are up to and some of the things that that I think are really inspiring, which is why you're doing this and what you've learned and, and the lessons you've been taught, because that is as meaningful as whatever it is you try to sell um, to me and I think as well to other people. So we're going to get into that too. Like I always do with my guests, I have 9,411,000 questions. So who knows where we get going on this, but we're going to have fun anyways and get rocking it out. So before I get rolling, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Bianca, I'll kick it off. If you want to go first, CJ, yeah. you want to go first? I don't care. Whatever you guys pick. You guys, you guys are co-owners. You guys are simpatico. You can just fight for it. Talk at the same time. <laughs> now, you guys never probably do that. We could probably share each other's stories because, you know, that's where we're at at this point in the game. I love but it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, Fire it up, Bianca. I'll start off. And, um, yeah, again, thanks for having us. i excited to be here, excited to be talking to you all. So a little bit about my background is uh, my family's been farming in Central California for four generations. Um, so I grew up in it. And really, um, my family was uh they really they told me don't do this like get out of farming we've worked really hard so that you don't have to do this get out of here go follow your passion develop some passions go follow those and uh, and we support you and so i went to the east coast i went to college on the east coast i was living in new york had a totally unrelated first career um in documentary filmmaking and um it was, it was when I was in New York that I started feeling for sure this pull back to California, but really a pull back into agriculture. And I'm sure we'll get into more later, but um, I ended up going to UC Santa Cruz to their agroecology and sustainable food systems program. Go banana slugs. Yes, go banana slugs. And you live on the farm with your cohort and, uh, and you know, take classes on the farm, manage the farm. And it was an incredible experience. And when I left, uh, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I wasn't ready to move back to, um, to the Central Valley. I ended up getting a job at Veritable Vegetable as a buyer and then eventually moving on to Whole Foods as a buyer. And uh, then at that point, one fateful day, my dad called me and he said, 
hey, the marketing company that was representing uh, my family's citrus and our packing house, our one customer for our packing house, got out of the California citrus business. And so all of a sudden, here's an opportunity. And that's really what brings us to Fruit World. And um, my dad connected CJ and I together. He said, you guys are, are thinking about the same kind of things. You guys need to talk. I love it. Well, there you go. I love it. CJ, lay it on me. Yeah, top that, I mean, CJ. Not, top that, I, CJ. No, I'm not trying he to top anything. Story. It's just my own story, but it's it's not altogether different from Bianca's. Um, my my dad had a was a grower packer shipper of peaches, plums, nectarines. The company was Legend. Sunny Cal and, and Legend. Legend. Thank you, thank you. And um, he's a neat guy. Uh, but my mother was like, "Get get the heck out of this industry." <laughs> Go as far away as you can. And she said, if it's here, when you get back, you can always come back. But just get the hell away. Excuse my language. But so, oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Todd. You don't care. Yeah, trust me. That's going to get worse. Okay. So so then so then uh, I went to school, got an undergrad in computer engineering and, uh, and then a master's degree in, in accounting. Um, I did. I was a good kid. I did other stuff. But, you know, growing up. I was a produce kid. You know, my dad raised me in the in the packing house, in the field, in the sales office, in the quality control. One of the really cool things that I'm really, really thankful of uh, my upbringing in produce was the breadth of of experience. I mean, everything yeah. from everything from peaches, plums, nectarines, of course, the whites, um, Asian pears, quince, pomegranates, uh, uh, page mandarins um, before there was a cuties. Um, or, you know, a, 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 a cuties, halos before it's brand right. um, uh, you name it. There's some others, Kiwi, there's a lot of things I'm, you know, we just, I just had experience with. So, um, you know, growing up in that type of environment was just absolutely amazing. My, my, my father was, you know, he did a great job. Uh, it was a really hard time for stone fruit in the nineties, early two thousands and, and just had to get out. So he got out. I said, I am not going to run a packing house for someone else. I was running the packing house for seven years prior. And I said, I do not want to run a packing house ever again. So I, I left and, and, uh, did a bunch of other stuff and it wasn't, you know, everyone kind of has that aha moment in life. And maybe if you're fortunate, maybe more than one, but yeah. my aha moment was, uh, you know, my wife. And then later a friend of mine said, you know, what the heck are you doing up here wearing a suit every day? You know, every time we see you talking about produce, you, your eyes light up. And, and that was my aha moment. I and so, um, I was in the financial services industry, series seven license managing, a gentleman's account in Reedley, and he happened to have 15 acres of Fukumoto's. So I called him up and said, Hey, um, can I lease your land? And he said, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you do it. And so I said, honey, we're moving back to Reedley and uh, we're going to start farming. And that's, and that's what I did. So it was hard, L knocked on a lot of doors, um, different owners and said, Hey, can you start it out? Can you, can I lease your land? This is who I am. Got bit by a couple dogs. I mean, really kind of grassroots door knocking. And then, it. um, Pretty soon the question was, can I buy your land instead of leasing it? And then got to the point uh, where, for me, I realized after a couple so-so seasons that I really need to pick up the phone and start telling my own story. And, um, and I was, and I was uh, 
working with Craig, Bianca's father, and he said, hey, my daughter is, is, uh, is at Whole Foods and, and you guys need to talk and maybe there's something there. And so that's, that's how, that was my it's, story to get to where we are. I love it. Well, let, let me expand upon it a little bit if we can. And Bianca, I'm going to come back with you some questions how, you know, how you got pushed up. But, you know, you, you kind of, as you just indicated, you just, you, you didn't start swimming at the shallow end of the pool. You went straight high dive, right? You jumped in the farm again, pack up your desk. Put your, now I'm sure I'm assuming you're probably still wearing a suit and tie out to the farm. Uh, pack up your desk. You move your family, right? You go do the citrus tree thing, and you, you know, leaps of faith are an amazing experience for people. You know that that take them that that take that risk on themselves and do. Tell me a little bit about that leap of faith moment and what that felt like, and more importantly, what you learned from it. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation, and now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior Salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. The leap of faith is always a little scary. Um, Shit, yeah. Honestly, honestly, it was exhilarating. I mean, it was yeah. really exhilarating. I will uh, say, like anybody who knows CJ well, like imagining him having to wear a suit and sit at a desk with a computer for eight plus hours a day is like, there's no way. That's not pictures. what he was made for. There's pictures, have, I'm sure. We I have believe no it. how I got through an engineering and accounting degree. I mean, sitting at a desk, but I don't know. I pulled through somehow. No, it was, it was super exhilarating. I mean, besides getting bit by dogs, that wasn't fun. Um, but, you know, it was just, it was an early time um, of really being um, unhinged from yeah. the everyday and, and saying, you know what, um, I'm the captain of my fate, the captain of my soul, off we go. Yeah. And here we, here we do this and there's no looking back. So it was off, obviously kind of scary. And, sure. uh, you know, one of, one of the things I learned uh, in produce early on um, was you really have to look at farming and produce as a business. And I don't care how passionate you are. It's, and passion is super, super important. But passion alone, it, it's too hard a business to cut it with just straight passion. You have mm -hmm. to be conscious of your profit and loss. You have to be conscious of your expenses. You have to figure out how you're going to market this fruit. You know, what return are you going to get? And, and so, you know, going into it and kind of having that upbringing of understanding that certainly helped. Um, but uh, it, it was it was the one word I could say is it was exhilarating early on. There's no two Scary, ways about but exhilarating. it. Yeah. It, you know, and the thing is, I think when you do a leap of faith like that, when you get that entrepreneurial spirit, whatever it is, you kind of get to a point where it's like, well, I'm hungry for it again. Right. I want, you know, you, I want that. It, it happens. It really does. I yeah, can speak, yeah, I can no, speak I, volumes to that. Right? I, can I, mean, vouch, I can vouch for that. I can yeah, vouch 100%. for that. I mean, look, yeah. you know, look where I'm standing right now. It's definitely, yeah. it's, it's pretty yeah. exhilarating when you do it. Okay. Bianca, I'm throwing it over to you. Cause you know, 
you have the same type of a story, but yours is interesting too, because your dad, you know, it's like, don't do this. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Don't yeah. do this. But talk a little bit about if you, if you can recall some of his concerns or maybe his words of wisdom about it. Right. And then I know you, you touched a little bit about the farm culture, but maybe spin that back into kind of where I'm sure. leaving for that question. Yeah. So um, I think it's just, you know, farming is hard. We all know that we've seen it. And, and I think like where my dad and family were coming from is that we've worked so hard to give you a way better life than, uh, you know, than previous generations. My great grandparents came over from Armenia during the, to escape the genocide. And it's, so I feel like every generation has built on like, we want to give the next generation a, a better life and better chances. And so a part of that was just like, you know, we want you to find your, find your joy, find the thing right. that you love. And we don't want you to feel like you're born into this. You have to keep going, which I think was the story for is often the story, especially in the previous generations in agriculture. For and sure. so, um, so really his, his charge to me was like, like whatever you do, just, you got to love it. Like do it with your whole heart, do it with your, you know, just, you got to put, you got to put yourself into it. And so one of the really cool things is that when I decided to come back, it was a decision I was making Yeah. and to see how that was, it's like, it wasn't that they didn't want me to be an ag. They just wanted it, me to feel like it was my decision. Well, you, so, you owned it, right. You owned it like that. Leap of yeah. Faith. Yeah. Exactly. And so seeing that it was my decision and how excited I am, it was like, okay, cool. We're, you know, Bianca's on board. And so they've been on board 100%. And something that was really funny when I went back to UC Santa Cruz, my dad said, he's like, okay, wait, so you're going to go pay to learn how to farm when you could come home and we would pay you to farm. I said, yeah, I guess that's. Yeah, but the, your dad, dad ultimately paid both times. So let's know, you know, come on. <laughs> you ain't shit, nobody. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Love, but, but, you know, and again, going back to what, what we were just saying with, with, with CJ, because the passion was in your heart, right? Because it came up out of both of you, right? It's a different perspective than somebody that was work. Somebody was working at, you know, Del Taco yesterday and decides to get a job in the sales office tomorrow. It's not the same thing. And I think that that is that guiding beacon that, again, generationally that is inbred in you. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. To your point, CJ, it gets into your blood. You don't know what else to do. I feel the same way. This is what I've been doing for a shit ton of years. I, it, to me, it's just like it's so natural to think in terms of fruits and vegetables and what mm -hmm. that is and food yeah. and how, why yeah. food matters to people and the conversations around food. So I can see I, where I, that inspiration comes from. Go ahead. Yeah, I, and well, and I, and I think you bring up a really good point, and and Bianca hit the nail on the head. It's it's a decision, and I think, and I think oftentimes what we see is the next generation in farming don't venture out. Um, they for whatever reason, whether it's pressure from mom and dad, or pressure from one parent, or you know they um, just life choices. It's like, well, this is what grandpa did. This is what dad did, and this is what I'm going to do. And, and they just go into it from the ground up. And what I see oftentimes is a little bit of a jaded spirit come 20, 30, 40 years old, where yeah. they spent 20 years, 30 years in the, in, in, in the family business, yeah. and they just kind of tired of it. And I Correct. think, um, and, and I think that uh, Bianca and, and 
story and my story are, are way different. And it goes to what you're saying. I think that, you know, more produce kids would be, I think it's a benefit to go try something else, go see what it's like to do something else and then choose to come back. Cause otherwise this whole deal, this produce deal is a grind. I mean, yeah, you've got to love it. Total. Otherwise it'll chew you up, spit you out and you're done. 100% and one, agree. I think one thing that helped us was that we had the support of our families, but we created something new that is very much interlocked and intermingled with all of, you know, with, with our families and past businesses and current businesses, but it's still our own thing. And yeah. um, so it's not like, you know, we're going back to our family farms and just, you know, taking over doing it. This, it's like, no, this is, we created this together and, and yes, we're tied at the hip, um, but it's our own thing. And we really, yeah. it's, we have the say in how it's created. Well, but I think, you know, I, I believe that that is a, would have been the, the byproduct of your passion, no matter what you chose to do, right? Whether you found each other and you created Fruit World or whatever the case would have been. I think that ownership that to the, again, connected to the hip to your business. That's a part of what came out of your heart. That's a part of what drug you forward. That's a part. That was your end of, I mean, that was part of your path that you couldn't see that I would have bet you Vegas money. You would have gotten to that point because I, mm -hmm. it just makes total sense with everything you've shared so far. So you could see where you guys were heading with that. You know, something that I think is really interesting is, and, and Yaka, you, you know, you threw this out at me and, and kind of went back and forth a little bit. It's like, you're a young company with generations of history. And I think that's such a powerful statement. Yeah. Um, you know, and you talk about cultivating passion and trust for generations. So I'd like to know a little bit about what that means. Um, if you uh -huh. could just either one of you fight for it, fist fight, talk over each other. I don't give a Bianca, shit. Bianca, you, you um, take that. Yeah. I mean, really, we see ourselves as as standing on the shoulders of our parents and grandparents and great grandparents. And, you know, our families built some really strong legacies. And, um, you know, we're we're passionate about our industry. We're passionate about um, ensuring family farms continue into future generations. That's, I mean, sure. that's part of our mission. That's a big one for us. And so um, we, and what we, and I think too, in the produce business, there are so many uh, established businesses that we really like to make sure, hey, we are both a young company. We're a fresh company. We're a new company. We're going to be doing things a little differently. We're trying to be on the forefront. We're trying to rock the boat, but we also have generations of history to back us up. We have learned from the previous generations and uh, what to do, what not to do, um, how we want to do things differently. But really uh, that, I mean, I, I give it up to, to the previous generations, like CJ's dad, um, my, my dad and grandfather, especially, they really built some pretty amazing, uh, operations. And, um, we really, it's important to us that we acknowledge those. It's, it's not just like we're coming in and doing something in a vacuum. Those, those generations are so important to us. And also we've seen where being able to talk about that really gets us into the door. You know, it's like, in isolation, we're just like two young people who are excited about, you know, passionate about what we're doing. But I think it really helps when we've been able to go into a place and say, hey, uh, you remember Sunny Cow Stone Fruit? You remember uh, Caprillion Brothers, Kings Canyon Fruit Sales? And all of a sudden, doors open. And that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, you know, look, you got accountability to those generations, right? 
One hundred percent. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, do. you're still we you're do. still going. You know, you're going over the house on Sunday, looking, you know, mom and dad in the face. It's like, yeah, you know, you, you can't bullshit. <laughs> right. and you can't. And but neither one of you could have bullshit your parents, right? They've been down the trail way too long. Oh man, I've no, said that no. so many times. I'm yeah. like, why we have to get good returns because then I have to go like have dinner with my dad and he's grilling me, and I have to yeah. be able to, you know, say I'm doing everything I can. I love it. I love it. Well, how many gen- so h- how many generations are a part of Fruit World now? Is there a couple well, we you got, had? Well, far- well, farming wise, farming wise, you know, we come, you know, I'm three generations of farmers. Wow. You know, yeah. a third generation farmer and Bianca's fourth generation. Wow. So it's it's uh, it's taken that to get here, you know. I love it. And yeah, and CJ's dad is 83 and he's still working and um, my, uh, my grandfather is 92 and he still goes into the packing house on most days. And, you know, my dad and yeah. uncle are still involved. It's, it's still very much. We have a lot of family involvement. I, I asked my dad, I asked my dad once, you know, are you, uh, I mean, I, I knew the answer, but I, I teed it up for him. I said, Hey, are you going to slow down? What do you, what are you thinking? And he says, Oh no. He says, CJ, I'd rather burn out than rust out. And I thought that was pretty good. I said, okay, that's old dad, school. I get it. Yeah. That's old school. Yeah. That's old school. I love it. So he's, that's he's, really, he's really going. great. Well, you know, the deal that you guys have doesn't stop, right? I mean, you guys, it's a roller coaster ride because you have stuff in, you know, it, you've got seasonal stuff. I mean, you guys just continue to rock and roll. Yeah. So what's, do you think dealing with that, right? I kind of, right. What do you think some of the best advice you've received from any part of your generational history about dealing with produce chaos and what it is and the ebb and flow? Because look, it could start raining. It's not going to, but it could start raining tomorrow. Right. And who knows? What I wish. Yeah, I know. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how do you deal with that? I mean, what taught you? What lessons were you given? Well, CJ, I, think, I'll go to you. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the ebb and flow of, of the season, where there's, there's, there's always something going for us. Um, you know, uh, from organic cherries, which are like, I always say, you know, I've never sold drugs in my life, but, and I hope I never do. I will not ever do it, but I, I, I got, Scott's got to be like that. You heard organic it here. You heard it here. I will not be selling drugs, but it's got to be like that because I mean, organic cherries are like, turn the truck around and I'm getting those cherries, you know, give them to me now. Right. So it's, those are pretty wild, um, to citrus all year round. And so, um, to grapes, to stone fruit, apricots, and everything in between. Um, but you know, you know, for us, we we really kind of we really it's not haphazard the season. Um, maybe from for some on the outside looking in, looking at our sheet, it's like, hey, what are you guys, you know, what are you guys really doing? Do, yeah. But you know, for, for us, it was real simple. It, it was always about about aligning ourselves with the very best growers both on the, the way they farm and the flavor and the personality, real simple. And then yeah. making sure that that also fit with customers. But what we found is if the flavor is there and the personality is there, the flexibility is there. And, and uh, if that's, and the quality is there, then it, it's a shoe in for the customers as well. There's a, there's a home for it. And so um, there was a bit of a procurement process in, in how, you know, from January to December, all that we do. As far as the chaos goes, I don't know. God grew up with it. <laughs> I deal well, with it. Let me, totally let, me fair a, let me just take no. a quick step back and say, 
to get give a little bit of a picture of of uh, what commodities we deal with. So yeah, yeah. primarily primarily yeah. citrus, primarily organic citrus, and then um, and that's kind of so the winter, the California winter citrus season is our backbone, and that's really because that's what my family grows, that's what CJ and his family grow, and so that's where we started, and then. CJ has some specialty grapes, which really kind of uh, gave us the idea for our specialty grape program. And then we have a little bit of uh, stone fruit, a little bit of some other odds and ends. But um, I would say it's really anchored by the organic citrus and then some conventional mandarins are the only non-organic things we have. And then you have the specialty grape program and then a little bit of stone fruit and some other things. Um, it's ca- it's ca- but it's chaos, and and all your oh, commodities, so- your, your 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 commodities are like light switches. They flip on. They fl- I mean, it's you're mm-hmm. off to the races every day. We're totally I, I, off I, to the races. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like I, flying an airplane, right? It's like it's really easy to fly an airplane when you're thirty thousand feet under, you know, in the sky. But the takeoff and the landing is hard. And so when we yeah, have buddy. you know one commodity landing and the other one taken off, exactly. that's when it's like ah, you know. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, t- you know, you guys have a deal too that's that's a legendary one. It's a Massimoto deal that you guys have had. It's been around for I don't even. I, I'm going to guess fifty years, maybe. Yeah. A lot oh of, yeah. A lot of, res- I mean, a lot of respect. Probably for more. The more at this point. Maybe probably more because I can. Re- I yeah. mean, I can remember that deal back in yeah, the day. Yeah, because it's three you know, generations. You know, you know, back in the day when we had you know just rotary phones. <laughs> 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 I mean, that deal's fantastic, but, and, and the reason I bring that up and, and it, it leads me into kind of where I want to head next is that, you know, you have a program that you scale around buyer's value proposition, you know, taking the position that some things are worth more and then you have options to fit almost anybody's strategy, um, which to me is something I think we need more of in a conversation these days, and, you know, valuing what, um, who a grower is, um, what they grow. Um, the uniqueness of the varieties, the growing styles, again, to me, is just a brilliant go-to-market strategy for your growers because you're just not a you're just not a box any longer, right? You, you're to your point you brought up earlier. You're a person. You're a story. You're a generation. You've got history. You've got this, and I think it's just really, really brilliant the way you look at that program. And I, I'd like to both of you to, to kind of chime in on this if you wouldn't mind. Um, tell me a little bit why this matters to you to do that. But also, too, can you give some reflection on some of the things maybe your growers have come back with because of this program? Because, you know, you think of somebody like a Massimoto deal, this legacy play that, to, to your point, CJ, it's just like, you know, it's it's unbelievable what what, what gets produced. I just think it's just so valuable that um, we recognize some of this. And I just think it's commendable what you guys are doing. So sorry, I rambled a little bit there. But if you wouldn't mind, just why does it matter? You know, why did it matter? And, and, and tell a little bit about it. I, I can kick it off. Go yeah. kick it off. Fight okay. for it. I, I, um, I honestly thought, I, I don't think it's that. I, I don't know. I, I really don't think it's that brilliant. I think, I think that's what, I think that's what should be done. I mean, it's really, you got to listen to your growers. You got to understand what they have. And maybe that's the issue. I mean, maybe mar- a lot of marketers like ourselves don't really get their hands into the field and really see what the growers have. Maybe they think an orange is an orange, but an orange is not an orange. It depends on right. how it's grown. It depends on what kind of pest pressure that it might have. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of nuances in this deal that maybe that's the issue. But you know, to me, it's just about understanding what the fruit is and that changes from every season and understanding it early. And then, and then really talking with the customer about what they need, what they want, mm-hmm. what they can't. 
I, we would rather talk with the customer and, and understand what the issues could be so we know how to avoid them instead of, oh, we're sending you a, you know, a widget because we all know produce is not a widget. And so mm-hmm. it's, really, it's really a matter of just understanding um, what the grower has and finding the right place for the right fruit because there's no bad fruit. We have different grades of fruit. There's no bad fruit and there's right. no bad customers. It's just finding the right fruit for the right customer and, if, and, and being honest about what the fruit is to the customer and being honest about what the grower can expect. And uh, to me, I, I mean, I appreciate you saying it's brilliant, but I don't think it's that brilliant. This is what should, uh, that's, it's good I'm business. not going to give you another happen. compliment. You're out. I'm not giving, <laughs> I'm giving all my compliments, Bianca. You're out. I'll take the compliment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I do think that, I mean, coming from the buying side, especially um, uh-huh. what I, what I found was often it's like, we, I would work with people who just really wanted to make a sale. And that was the most important thing, make the sale, make the sale. And then sometimes the expectations that I had were, seemed to be very out of alignment with then what I actually received. And so that's one thing that, that we talk about a lot. It's like we, just like CJ said, we want to make sure that we tell the customer what it is. We tell them what it isn't. We're like, no surprises. We don't want surprises. You know, this is an industry that moves fast. There are always going to be surprises, but we're going to, we're going to reduce that as much as possible. And and sometimes we over communicate just to try to make sure that we are communicating properly. And that's a big, I see that as a huge value. I mean, and then to CJ's point of, you know, we really have the whole tree to sell. We talk a lot about this. We're not to sell the, the fancy grade or number one grade fruit. That's not that hard to sell the choice grade, maybe a little harder to sell the rest of the tree. It can sometimes be tough, but Very tough. there are customers out there for all of it. I'm not saying our job is easy on the day to day. It's not always easy, no, but but really uh, making sure we've been very thoughtful about finding customers that are a values match. And on the flip side, finding growers that are a values match. Like we're growers, we understand, but also we need, you know, we're looking for growers and customers that are a values match. And that's how we're going to make it work. Because then there's a lot of understanding, you know, we, we establish the trust, we establish the honesty and the integrities there. Then there's, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, you know, just grace when something happens. And to me, that's what has really been the sauce that makes it all work. I love it. You know, somebody told love me something. That, a yeah. Long, yeah, I did too. That's well said. Uh, some, somebody told me something a long, long time ago, and I've never forgot it. And it says, you know, sometimes sometimes you make more money on the produce you don't sell than the produce you do sell. And, well, that's uh, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think, I you, I, you know, and, and I think that it's just interesting to see, and I think it, it it has to do with 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 your upbringing, your past, your 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 vision, that's much broader than probably most um, coming into this um, in a lot of ways. And I, and I just think that it it it's it, it shows uh, a breath of wisdom that I think is really re- really refreshing out there. And that that to your point, it's it's easy. You know, it's, I always say it's like it's no big deal to go in drop a market from 15 to five and sell out, right? It's, it's, it's yeah, you know, you yeah. can, anybody in the cubicle can go do that. The trick is, is when the market's at 15 and you get 15 or you push it to 16, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. But to be able to go back and reflect a little bit and, and to take all of it in like you're doing and then find a way to make it work during those different scales of buyers and who it is, 
and have those conversations. I think it's in terror. Again, I think it's brilliant. I just don't think there's enough of it out there. I'm not saying brilliant to you, CJ. That's going over Bianca. You're out with the brilliant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're, you're good, Todd. Um, <laughs> no, well, it, well, Todd, and, and it hurt. It, honestly, like, honestly, I can count on two hands, if not more, like how many times, like, I'm hurt, I'm upset, I'm bothered because maybe we didn't win a bid, right? Why? Because because it's it's too low or there's some issue. And then and then sure enough, around four weeks into it, yeah. who gets the phone call? CJ, can yeah. you help us out? We help our, our guy fell how our guy fell down on us, you know? And then we're in that like what do we yeah. do? We help. We do. That's who we are. We help. Right. We, all, we always help. If we can help, we help. And so we right. help. Um, but it's like, gosh, you know, um, that's one of the things that sometimes that style of the style of business that we do, it, it hurts in the short run sometimes. But um, I think all three of us can agree. And I think the industry does too. In the long run, um, it, it's a steady game. And produce, I think it needs to be a steady game. And and I forgot what you said, Todd, but I love what you said. It was uh, sometimes. What is it? The sale that oh, you make? Yeah, it's it's sometimes you make more money on the produce you don't sell than the produce you do sell. And you yeah. may not make it next month or next week, but you may. I think you'll definitely make it up in the end, or or at least that's the faith that we have because sure. everyone knows in produce and farming it takes a lot of faith, right? Well, it does. It's a relationship-driven it business, right? One hundred percent. It's it's not you know it is. It's it's all about those relationships, but it's about those honest conversations too, good and bad, hard and easy conversations, right? Because yeah. if, if if the folks yeah. on the other end don't know what your struggle is. You know, that's that's and you don't know what theirs are, then how are you guys really, you know, to your point, how are you becoming really good partners? How are you finding a way to win the day? Because ultimately you want to get everything off that tree, right? We want to keep feeding people as much fruits and vegetables as we can. We want to increase consumption, not decrease consumption, right? The old adage about how much food waste we have in this country, equivalent of yeah. every American throwing away 650 small to medium-sized apples. Mm. Each American. Each American. Wild. We got so, I mean. I was at the IFPA Washington conference last week right, right. and to hear that only one in 10 Americans gets their recommended daily allowance of fruits and vegetables. Mind blowing. I mean, yeah. my, that means yeah. that that means on a daily basis, I'm probably not always getting mine, but just it's like both mind blowing and also what opportunity, like Correct. what opportunity we have. Yeah. I, I was at a, I was at a conference too. 14%, only 14% of the cereal Eaten in America has fruit on it. I don't yeah. know. It's like, well, there's a fun, yeah. there's a fun yeah. fact. We're like, yeah. really? 14%? Yeah. God, what what could happen if we got it to 24? Oh, man. Yeah, it would be amazing. It'd be awesome. Well, talk to me. Go ahead. Yeah. CJ, go. Okay. Well, I, can, I, can I bring something up that you mentioned, oh, Todd? Absolutely. It, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you were talking about, um, you know, understanding everyone's needs, right? You know, mm -hmm. uh, um, Fruit World as a marketing company, understanding the grower's needs, understanding the customer needs, the customer understanding what we're struggling with. And, you know, what Bianca and I have seen as a trend um, that that is a little disappointing is is a move towards more and more emails and a more and more transactional of yeah. transactional uh, produce business. And, and I don't know how I, I can understand the concept of streamlining the process, but, you know, um, we all work in that messy middle and there's, it's really hard to say, I want 336 of these bags and send them to me on this date. And that's it without really ever picking up the phone and, or some, some, you know, sometimes we can't even get a hold of 
a buyer. Yeah. They just don't answer. And yeah. we're just kind of like, okay, I guess you're going to get what you're going to get because we're trying. But I think there's a, we're seeing a trend in that, um, that, that I don't think is great. Um, mm. And hopefully, you know, it, it provides value for, for those of us that still pick up the phone, that still want to have a, a understanding of what the needs are and that sort of thing. I 100% agree with you. I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, when it comes to fruit and veg and the business that we're in, this highly perishable, rapid fire, you know, gun gets fired at seven and you don't know where the bullet's going to land. Right. I think it's dangerous. I think it ultimately becomes expensive. And to your point about what you said earlier, good luck picking up the phone and make that big phone call because you're backed into a corner and need help. Right. Because you don't, in a lot of ways you don't exist. Right. And it's, I don't, I, I, you know, look, I think if you're selling, you know, center stores, paper towel, whatever it might be, you know, tires, it's like, okay, great. It is what it is. Yeah. But this isn't that. And I don't think you can treat it that way. I, I think, and I think that when we have something that is as powerful as fruit and vegetables, the way we can change this country's health, right? And we all know, based on what's happened in this pandemic and the comorbidities and this and that, we need to be changing our health overall. And fruits and vegetables is a great way of doing it. Uh, I just think it's really imperative that we need to lean in and recognize, to the point of what we talked about, your buyer's value position, that we need to lean in and recognize that we probably should be communicating at a higher level because we're ultimately going to serve each other better. I agree with you, brother. I think it's you well hit the said. Nail on the head. Yeah, yeah, well said. Very well said. Talk to me a little bit about, um, if we can, how your upbringing taught you about quality, right? Because I know you guys were in the packing shed. I get all that, right? But that's a that's something that can very easily be. It's good enough, right? It's yeah, that you know, they, you know. And I don't think that's the way you guys react. You guys take a pretty hard look at that and are pretty diligent. So, do you feel like you had a little bit of a head start when it came to that, and you feel like it's a big important part of your model? Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So I remember when when we started and um, my grandfather said uh, he said he, he was like, Bianca, so I've worked uh, a long time and I've worked really hard to make the Caprellian family name stand for honesty and integrity and really mean something. So don't you go messing it up. And I was like, oh, okay. No pressure. Thanks, Thanks. But, you know, thanks for putting on that extra pressure. Um, (laughs) So so, uh, now I lost the question. What was the question? I have no idea. It's talking about quality. Talking about your <laughs> oh, quality, quality. quality. That's right. No, I was more right. like, how are you going to back out and not get in trouble now with what you said about grandpa? I was waiting for that. Did <laughs> <laughs> you bet? Yeah, no, no, no. So, so really, I feel like what he was saying, like dovetails in into quality, but yeah. but more more importantly, going back to what we were talking about before, it's all about like aiming to match the right produce with the right customers and quality is really important. It's, I mean, we're nothing if we don't have good quality at the same time, we know that the trees don't produce like 100% perfect fruit. fruit. And so so really what our job, where our job becomes so important is like, you know, if we have, if, if, you know, 30% of the oranges, because it's the end of the season have some puff, we need to make sure that we're doing a really good job grading that fruit and then finding home a home for that 30% with puff because there's a home for it, as CJ alluded to earlier, but making sure that we're not sacri- you know, that we're not sacrificing that number one grade just to so I, I think that you know that's where if we don't have quality, it's really hard to stand on our two feet. And to be honest, in the beginning, when we first started. We we struggled a little bit. We're like, where's that line? Like, how do we yeah. figure it out? 
And and uh, we had a buyer say, we love you guys. You've been so good to us. And overall, like everything's been great. But you guys need to focus just a tad more on making sure that you have a little more consistency in your box. And we heard that. And we were like, it hurt. It hurt, you know, but we heard it. It hurt. But also I was like, you know what? This means we have a great relationship. The fact that that buyer yeah. could come to us and give us some honest feedback. We took that feedback and now we track, we track quality and it's a metric we look at. And we're like, I mean, we've, we knocked it out of the water. Like that next year, we made such some really major changes and, um, and we've, and we've really seen like, Hey, we can, we can shift and in shifting, like this has had a very positive impact on our business. And again, going back to it's tough. Like sometimes the hardest part is finding a home for that bottom, you know, kind of 10, 15%, sometimes more of stuff that is cosmetically like has some pretty severe defects, but it happens. And sometimes that being able to utilize that little bottom percent, that's the difference between that ranch, that block, that grower making money or not. Like sometimes that's just, that's the profit and it's really meaningful. For sure it is. No, I love that. It's a great answer. Talk to me. I mean, CJ, do you have throw on? If not, I'm going to go to another. I got another one for you because I want I want to capitalize uh, on what fire, Bianca just fire, said. Fire, no, fire away. Fire. Okay. So here, so here's one. I mean, you talked about this, and and it's and I'm glad that you did. What does honest? And it's something you guys lean into. I know that, but talk to me a little bit about what honesty in every relationship means to you, because I think this is a nice way to kind of close this loop that we've talked about. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation, and now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. I think that, um, you know, it's it's hard to expand on that because the statement is a very strong statement. It's powerful. Honesty in every relationship. And that's um, not to be redundant, but but Todd, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's honesty yeah. in every relationship. And um, along those lines, and then going back to Bianca's story, I can tie, tie the two together. That customer that told us, hey, you really need to work on quality. The next year we did hit it out of the ballpark, but we sold less fruit to them. And it was, it was a hard decision, right? Because it was like, right. they wanted to give us more POs, but it, it came to us saying, no, this is, this is what we can do and, and, and target that quality. And we did knock at the ballpark. We didn't sell, you know, significantly less, but our numbers went down. And so it was one of those decisions of, of um, you know, we're on, just, no one's perfect. Okay? Right. We're not perfect, but, but we are relentless. I'm relentless to myself. Bianca's relentless to herself. We're relentless with all of us 
honesty, honesty, honesty. And, and it's yeah. a pursuit. It's a pursuit of it. It's not like we've made it, but it's like in all things, try to speak honestly, early and often. And I 100%. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Look, it's all there. No, dude, you just dropped the Sharpie right there. I mean, it's very important that you have that, that level of conversation. I mean, I believe it. It's the way I've done it my entire life. It's like, just, you know, nobody wants to hear bad things, but sometimes you got to have those honest conversations in order to get to a good place. Right. It is what it is. So I think, you know, I I think it's It's, it's better to have them early. It's better yeah. to have early. We, Shit, we try yeah. to have early. It's but like yeah. with growers, you know, we have them early. Well, customers too. Yeah, I, you know, I work with pretty closely with all of our growers, and and it, you know, growers are funny. I, I'm myself included, and my family included. You know, if if you get quote unquote double cross, you double cross a grower as a marketing company or an entity, you, you can be out for life. And yeah, then the kids are like, yeah, dad didn't like that. Those guys, those people. I'm not dealing with them either. Oh, grandpa didn't like those guys. I'm never dealing. With, you're out for generations. 100%. And so, um, you know, we're all the produce business. We're all big kids. You know, we all understand that it's rough. So let's talk about the junk. Let's talk about the tough things. Let's talk about what will we do when, you know, it hits the fan. What will you do? How will we handle that? How handle do you it. want us to communicate with you? Do you want us to stop? Because that's what we'll do. And just we open that conversation up early. And um, it's better than um, taking a gamble and a guess. And then at the end, the whole thing blows up. 100% agree. Bianca, want to add to that? Oh, I just like, again, from my experience on the buying side, it was, it's like I wanted to be the one making the decisions for you know for myself as a buyer and so when the grower didn't allow me to be a part of that decision making process that's when it all you know kind of went to hell and so the like that's one thing that I that I that was very important to me when we started Fruit World and it's like we need to we need to have that trust that um, you know we need the customers to trust that we are going to bring something to them and not say hey, you know, we had to prorate you. So we just made some decisions. It's like, no, we need to talk to that customer and say, hey, when we get in, if it's inevitable. At some point, we're going to get into the situation where we might have to prorate. We do our best to avoid it, but it happens. And so what do you want? Do you want us to make that decision? Do you want you, do you want to make that decision? How do you want us to think about it when we're making these decisions? Talk about that, get it all out there. And then, right. you know, when it happens, we know what to do. We know, hey, you want us to call you and you want to make that? Yeah. Great. That's perfect. That's what we're going to do. And that really has has helped our relationships tremendously. I love it. CJ, really fast question as we wind down a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about uh, how everybody's freaking out about water. I mean, it's real. Are yeah, you, yeah. You, so, yeah. yeah, so we, um, you know, we have growers across the state um it depends on the area in california so some areas in california are hit much worse than others um you know central uh, uh, the coastal areas and, and some of the south valley areas uh are getting pretty dicey and and things are really rough right now um other areas of california um you know around fresno county not all of fresno county but you know some pockets have uh, great water but and are not affected at the moment, but even right. the areas that are, you know, living okay right now or just fine, you know, everyone's looking over the horizon and wondering, you know, this doesn't seem to be getting any better. So, um, 
you know, what's going to happen there. So we're, uh, we have, we're feeling pain now, and then we're also kind of looking to see uh, future pain potentially. It's a very messy subject. And it's, and it's, it's mind blowing to me that our infrastructure is this screwed up when it comes to water and that we haven't done anything. We've got money. We got money that's been voted on. It just, and we, they, they yeah. haven't even spent, we can't even dig up a get a, like go to home Depot and buy a shovel. Just do some, show somebody you're doing something because we're going to yeah. be, you know, yeah. and if you take a look too, that, you know, if, if we had the infrastructure based upon the rainfall that we get and the snowpack that we get, if we actually had something that was working, we would be okay. We, you know, we wouldn't yeah. be in this predicament that we are in now. And some of the fixes they have, you know, I look at some of these communities here in the Valley that, that, you know, wells run dry in these towns and they're putting in bottled water, these rural areas. And the solution is to have it fixed by 2040. It's like, gee, many Christmas, yeah. that's a big runway yeah. between yeah. now and 2040. Yeah. yeah. It's a big yeah. problem. It, and I, go ahead. I think I heard someone, I mean, maybe this is a saying and I had just heard it for the first time, but whiskey is for drinking and water is for fighting over. Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah. Like, and if you look at who's owning the groundwater now, I mean, it's a lot of water is yeah. owned by very few people in the state. It's a, it's a really, it, it is the wild, wild west of modern times when it comes to water oh, yeah. in California. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. And I, I keep trying to bring it up because I want people to recognize that if you're in this state or you're not in this state and you rely on California for fruit and vegetable or whatever it might be, it's good that you're in part of these conversations. They'd love to hear from yeah. you. You know, let's keep the yeah. conversation 100%. going. We need, we need help. Okay, Too what's good. next? Go, two go, good go. books. Two good books. Cadillac Desert. I mean, I have like my, my parents' copy from, so I don't know how, but two good books on water, Cadillac Desert, and then Mark Arax. I think it was a uh, Kingdom from Dust. Both yeah. touch on water issues. Both like very important reads. If that's of all at, at all of interest, to anyone. People will people will freak out. You know, there's some really good people out reporting. What were those, on the Bianca? News. What were they uh, again? Kingdom, <laughs> we'll, Kingdom we'll from Dust. Them. One yeah, more time. One more time. Cadillac Desert. Yeah, good. We'll, we'll post. We'll post. We'll post the both books up too on our social sites so people can get Love them it. and you know try to help them out. But there's some good people out there talking about water. Uh, yeah. Louise Henry's one here in the valley um, with San Joaquin Valley Water. She's doing some yeah. great stuff talking about the water. I'm really proud of the work that she does. But yeah, we need to keep the conversation rolling. Really, right, guys. really glad Go you're ahead. pushing the conversation, Todd. That's really yeah. good. Dude, we have to. We got to feed people, yeah. right? I want to. We got 9.5 billion people plus the aliens coming, and I'm a big believer. If we don't start thinking about how to feed them organically, we're doing a disservice to the planet. So you know, 100%. how do we keep this bad boy right. going? Yeah, right? that's so 100. These issues. These issues are the, the bad part. Is and I get on the soapbox because you got me fired up now. No. The bad part is good. CJ is that. You could solve the problem. Your growers could solve the problem. It's the people that are in positions that don't want to solve these problems to keep this all screwed up that you guys are living with. It's nuts to me. It's just nuts. You know, I, I'd be fine with brown lawns in Beverly Hills and peaches coming off a tree in Delano. I'd be totally great with that. But we're not at that point. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that point. Are we gonna have to start making changes? So yeah. go right. ahead, send That's me. Right. And by the way, anybody in Beverly Hills, send me your shitty emails. I'll answer every one of them. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't because a conversation needs to happen. So tell me, guys, yeah. we're going to wrap up our time, right? A little bit. What's next for Fruit World? What's exciting? Bianca, you got oh. something you want to throw on the table? Bianca. Oh, man. Go, go, well, go. go. We, five, we just celebrated five years. So, like, real high fives to us. Um, and it's been a whirlwind. And, you know, CJ and I have been reflecting on the, on the past five years and how we – when we started – our vision was so small. It was really to just, it seemed huge at the time. It was like, ensure that our family farms continue on into the next generations. And then quickly it was like, oh, we can, 
we can help other family farms. And there's a like being our story. People really like latch on. They want to be working with family farms and farms that have a story. And we don't want to lose the thing that I'm calling the special sauce in our industry, which is a lot of uh, small, medium-sized family growers of all sizes. But, you know, the folks who are experimenting and doing like fun, the fun stuff and, um, and have the stories and we don't want to lose that. And so what's next for Fruit World? CJ will add a little bit onto this, but it's like, we're looking to grow. We're, we, grew, we grew very quickly in our first five years. We're slowing down. We want to have some steady, controlled, smart growth moving forward, but we are looking at being in this for the long haul. And I'm really excited about the next five, 10, 15 years. It's, uh, I, I'm excited. I love it. Good. CJ, put a cherry on that for us. The uh, one really cool thing that, that we're both really proud of is, um, you know, we're still doing regular business with the very, very first customer that we've ever had. And uh, we're still we're still working with the very first grower that we ever had. And, um, you know, so that's something we're really proud of. And, um, you know, looking forward, we really we're really looking at ways to serve others. You know, there's a phrase that says eaters, uh, leaders eat last. Right. And it's kind of yeah. like, how do we serve our growers? Where do, how do we look for ways to serve our growers? Um, how do we ask and search and listen for ways to serve our customers and where those two come together is uh, where we want to focus. And, um, you know, let's just keep doing the same thing. And um, I think the rest will take care of itself. I love it. So I had you guys on here. I knew the story would be impactful. I knew the story people needed to hear. I knew this was going to be exactly what I thought. I thank you both for being here. I love what you're doing. I love both of you. I think it's great. Don't stop. Be relentless. Keep it going. Love people all the way through it. And I'm telling you, the world's going to love you back. It's so important. I commend both of you. It's brilliant, CJ. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. Okay. Thank I'll you, receive Todd. it. I'll receive it. Todd, thanks. And thanks for having us on. Really, yep. really appreciate your show and your podcast. And thank you for everything that you do for the industry. Thank you, brother. That and everybody out there, eat lots of citrus. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> thank you, brother. It really, that means a lot to me. It really does. I, I appreciate you saying that. Everybody. Fruit World, go check them out. They're the reason they're on. The reason they're on here is because that story needed to be told, and you need to know who's behind there and why they value you and why you need to be valuing them. This is what we're going to need to move the ball down the field and make this next generation fly because we're going to make changes, and these folks are going to make them for us. So let's get supportive and be behind what they're doing. Thank you all very much for being a part of the show, listening and subscribing and commenting and following us on social media, the whole nine yards. We really appreciate you. Under uh, TLC underscore Todd Versation on the social channels. We're there because, like I always say, that's where the cool kids are, so that's where we hang out. But I do appreciate you all very much. It means the world to us. Like I always say, go inspire somebody. It's really important. Just like these guys inspired me today, this conversation should inspire you to make a difference, ask questions, get involved, and be a part of the solution that we can change our planet, change people's health, change all of it. Because we have the power to do it. We just need to be able to do it. So keep it going. Go inspire. Be inspired. I appreciate you. Thanks, guys, very much. Much love. And I'll see you guys. Come back anytime. You're always welcome. Thank you. Thanks, See you, everybody. Take care. Thank you.